and welcome to another rip-roaring episode of the Photography Bar. Uh, my name is Cam and I'm joined by, as ever, by Mark. And uh, Mark, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a bit under the weather this week, so if I'm a bit ratty, that's why. <laughs> all right, okay. And we've got Sarah who's joined us again this week. So hi, Sarah, how are you? Ah, yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Lovely. Good stuff. Now, I want to jump straight into it, as always, no long intros. Um, now, we're all Canon users, aren't we? Yes. 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 Yeah. Sorry. That that always seems a bit weird coming from you now, Cam. Sorry. That's right. We are Canon users. Okay. So can you tell me um, the the main camera modes on your camera that you've got, okay, on the R6 are um, AV, TV. Yeah. Yeah. P. Manual. P and manual, yeah. yeah. They're Manual's the main pretty modes, much the only they? one I've yeah. got. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got C1, C2, and C3, probably, and B, maybe. Is there a B? Uh, I don't know. Actually, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know if there's a B. Do you know what? Okay. I haven't even looked at that because there's no mirror, is there? So, no. and it's obviously the, the little video camera one when you want to switch to video mode as well. Yeah, which I've I'm touched sure about up. once, but yeah, I've, so I haven't got the camera in front of me. So anyway, what if you had? Now, you might already know this. I might be a little bit behind here. What would you do? With, we know what to do with the AV mode. We know what to do with the TV mode. We know what to do with all that. What if you had an FV mode? F for Freddy, V for Victor. Not a clue. Not a clue. Because apparently um, Canon have just introduced F, FV is the first new creative zone shooting mode to appear on a Canon camera in almost 40 years. In fact, in over 40 years, it says... And it's first introduced with the EOS R. It is currently found only on the full frame mirrorless models, EOS R, R5, R6 and RP. How have I what? never noticed? Now, I've I don't have this. an FV mode. <laughs> now, I've not got the camera in front of me, but apparently this is this is what it's saying. It says, and this is on the eosmagazine.com website. In FV mode, you can set the shutter speed aperture and iso val- uh, value manually or automatically and if required apply exposure compensation all these changes can be made while looking at the exposure oh, yeah. through the viewfinder <coughs> yeah it is on there it is on there yeah. <laughs> but it's sounding very similar to a manual mode if you're setting all those functions anyway yeah so it says you in fv mode you can set the shutter speed aperture and iso val- value manually or automatically and if required, apply compensa- exposure compensation. So you can apply com- exposure compensation because you can't apply exposure compensation in manual mode. Right. Okay. I'm I mean, sort of unless someone's going to tell you're wrong. I'm going to have okay. to test this out. Because now, isn't that strange? I have to say, the only, <laughs> I really just don't pay attention to that to that wheel, really. No, um, mine sort of stays no, on <laughs> manual. Clearly, yeah. none of us That's do. all I need it for. <laughs> Manual, Clearly. maybe maybe shutter speed priority if I need to make sure it's a quick shutter. But generally, all this manual. All, this, all this thing I harp on to people about, about know your camera. <laughs> yeah. None of us are actually paying oh, attention and, to the and, dial as professionals. And, and another thing, yeah, it does have the B setting. It does have the bulb setting. It oh, does have the bulb it, setting. It does. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, we're doing well as professional we're, photographers. Yes, now, we are. It, now this article doesn't actually say when it was when it was from. Uh, so. I don't know how old it's been, but it looked to be fairly recent. So, and it says exclusively Canon, essential for EOS users, the EOS magazine website. So I wanted to give a shout so you know where we got this information from. But yes, I don't understand. It says it's the first Although, new... <laughs> we should have create... got it. We should have got it from our instruction manuals, people, but never mind. <laughs> it says it's the first new creative zone shooting mode. So I suppose that creative zone is the whole, is a series of modes. That's what they call it. But I don't understand. I don't understand the importance of it. So maybe somebody could actually, if anyone's listening, uh, uh, you know, what you do you use FB mode? Have you used it, it? What do you think about it? Do you can you do without it? Is it one of these things where, in order to market it, you have to say it has this new function? Is it is it really a requirement, or is it a case of? You know, we've got this amazing new camera and it has these extra added features. And it's a marketing aspect to sort of say, like, yeah, we've got the latest thing. We've got the newest little FV. So typing it into Google, it says flexible priority mode. Yeah. I provides, mean, great, I... provides greater freedom for quickly altering the camera settings, but without the need to change the shooting mode. 
It allows you to choose which of the three exposure values, shutter speed, aperture, and ISO you want to control, while the camera takes care of the rest. So a bit but like you, HDR? No, but you've, but Sarah, you said that's manual, and this is what I'm thinking. It doesn't sound yeah. any different to manual. No. Well, maybe, no, 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 no. Maybe it's, um, I mean, it's shutter speed priority, for example, you change your shutter, don't you? And then yeah. it sorts out the correct aperture. And yeah. Does it? I can't remember if it changes the ISO as well. No, it doesn't. No, because no. I don't. I don't bloody use it, so I just tend to use manual. <laughs> so um, an aperture priority is the same. So I'm guessing with FV, right? And let's let's have a look. Oh, there's no battery in my camera. Um, so I'm guessing that you can adjust any of those things. So you cannot change the shutter speed, can you, in aperture priority? No. no, no, you can't. You just can't do it. So with FV, I think what they're saying is you can change the ISO, the shutter or the aperture. Right. And then it will compensate the others for the one that you're prioritizing. So it's almost like ah, shutter speed, aperture, oh, right. priority yeah. or uh, an ISO priority. I'm assuming is the other one um, all in one. I'm guessing here. I haven't got a battery in my camera, so I can't test it out. I've never really noticed this blooming thing before. Uh, <laughs> I'm really curious to test it out now as to how yeah I mean, how again, much I'm... easier it is to use that function over a, a manual function. Yeah, I mean this is clearly not new, <laughs> but it's <laughs> new to us. I thought this is the latest breaking news. So, <laughs> it just shows how much research we do uh, for this show. Yeah, but, we need uh, to sack our interns. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So let's try it out. Let's see what the benefits are because very wow. well we, we could all be FV sort of um you know converts by this time next week couldn't we well we might be we might be eating our words here yeah you know i mean I, not... I, I doubt it but we might be um, you, you get so comfortable with what you're using and if that's manual or if it's aperture priority it's something that you get accustomed to so you, you then don't stray too far because you're like this is working for me yeah i know it's ah, uh, well anyway okay so okay so here we go Basically, it's the front wheel. So the front wheel um, changes your yeah. whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. So let's say it's yeah. shutter speed at the moment. So that changes shutter speed. And then with your back, with this one here, which it's I oh, you can't see it. Yeah. So next to the actual wheel, which you can change it to aperture. Right. And exposure. Okay. And ISO. it's adjusting the other areas to make sure your image stays exposed correctly. So it's so basically, it, changes it is it is basically manual, but well, it's not manual because what it's doing is changing the other settings. The other settings, although I haven't said that though. But then that's what I thought program mode did. No, what but you're it? not but you're not picking. Are you oh no, hang on. Ah no, 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 no. It's, it's a bit more than that. It's a bit more than that. So I'm going through it. Now it's completely manual. But you can basically switch. I mean, it, it's it's a useless feature, actually. I've just decided it's a useless. Right. Okay. But you switch. can you can flick it. You can flick it to auto as well as changing your settings. So right. Yeah, I'm basically looking through here and I'm scrolling through shutter speed, aperture, um, exposure. You can do change your exposure and your ISO. So you can change it to fully manual, so you can see everything going on in there. Or you can have it a couple of things to auto, so you're changing something, so the auto then kicks in with the other, with the other things. Um, right. Apart from the exposure bit, yeah. um, I can see why it's useful because you're not. Well, can I see why it's useful? I don't know. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Nikon haven't gone for. I mean, this now goes back to 2020. This, so we are way out of date. Anyone <laughs> yeah. of a fairly yeah. recent can can Canon convert anyway. But it does, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how we've all actually missed it. And I, I wonder how yeah. about the number of other, you know, Canon users that are out there that have, that have also missed it. And clearly, you know, with this three out of three here is, <laughs> you know, with me thinking it was the latest breaking news. And I think a lot of people listening to this are thinking, hang on a minute, this has been yeah. around for ages. It, it clearly has. Anyway. Well, so going on what Sarah's saying, you know, it's about having, you know, like sort of releasing it as this new fancy yeah. sort of system or whatever i mean the thing is with the mirrorless i've just gone you know when i bought this camera it's my first mirrorless so there's a lot of bloody fancy things in there that yeah, i'm just not used same. to mm, that's um, right, yeah. so yeah 
This, this is it the function by. that was around? There's, did you say it was 40 years ago or something or other? Yeah. This is the, no, this is the first one, the first new ah, one they, they put in for over 40 years. Oh, oh, new new wheel setting, you mean? Yeah, that's right. So it is, actually, so it is yeah. a new mode. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. This goes back to twenty yeah. twenty. So yeah. anyway, I think I will try it because the thing is, if someone's going to ask us, you know, do you use it? What's it for? And I think we should try it. And I think we should try yeah. and review that sort of maybe next week or something uh, and say if it is useful because we've, we've, we've clearly not explored it. But um, anyway, but at least, they're you know, they're, they're doing something, introducing something new. Um, and we've learned something new today. Yes, we have. Yeah, there you every go, day's, you every day's right, a school yeah. day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was, I was sort of hoping that you weren't going to know, but now I'm sort of thinking, I wish you did know because you said, oh, no, camera's been around for ages. And then, you know, and maybe it was just something I'd missed. But uh, there you go. As professionals, that's what happens, though. You, you, you use your tools, don't you? And you use them in a way that you know that's going to give you yeah, we're, best we're, job. we really are backpedaling here, making sure that we... <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We, know <laughs> we don't that's know. That's right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so Cam, right, what do you got? Uh, yeah. Well, last episode, we were talking about features on a smartphone that we'd like to see in uh, a camera. And we've had a couple of responses, which is mm. really nice, yeah. and what people would like to see on their cameras um, that a smartphone has that a camera doesn't. So, um, so Sarah, I think you've got one response that you'd like I to do. share with us. Yeah? yeah, so it was as simple as the function of AirDrop or instant iCloud storage. Yeah, it seems one. like a really simple thing. I know you can get sort of you've got your your Wi-Fi so you can transfer your images quite quickly to your laptop and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's a possibility that that could get better. Well, one of the things that sounds similar to something we mentioned on the on on the show yeah. not long after it first started, we were saying, what what things would you like to see? And I was saying, you imagine that you're shooting a wedding. And if you're shooting a wedding and your images are instantly being transferred over to somebody who's sitting in an office and who's editing the wedding pictures as they're being shot. Yeah. Uh, in, in other words, it's instant. You know, the shot, the editor, the shot editor, as each clip goes, that image is already with the editor. You know, yeah. so I guess it's similar to that. I mean, the but yeah, because there used to be a little SD card, did there not, that would you yeah. then have a little USB dongle that went into your laptop and it would transmit straight away. Yeah, but it, it was, was always it was useless. never completely reliable. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. It wasn't particularly quick in any way. Yeah. And I think that is a function that we will see more. You're seeing it obviously partly already, but I think you'll see that improve more and more as mm. time goes on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I think so. I think I think that I mean it's almost like the holy grail, isn't it, of what we photographers are really wanting. Uh, because you're right, you could have a wedding edited the same day you'd have it, you'd, shooting you'd, it yeah you'd have it sh you, you know your edit would be finished by the time the wedding's finished and it's automatically know. backed up as and well there's no there's no risk yeah. of your card getting becoming corrupted yeah you know, on transfer or anything like that exactly that's right yeah i think you have two that, card that, slots plus yeah. that you're completely backed up yeah amazing, that would definitely it? it would definitely happen because it, yeah. it's certainly doable i mean it may not happen for a long time because of you know, but but it, it, it's something that will happen because you think about the film days and let's think about photojournalists when they were shooting, you know, it would be getting that roll of film shot, you know, at a news event, uh, you know, and then getting it processed, running it down to the lab, getting some prints done off, then, then to the papers. And then obviously it went digital and suddenly now, you know, they're backing stuff up on laptops and tethering. And so it's, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, but you want it to happen without anything being connected. You don't want you don't want nothing connected to anything. You don't want a battery pack or a or or something on you know structured yeah, shoulders downloading the images. Or... No, it's got to be yeah. completely remote. That's yeah. that's where it really needs to get to. So and they need to do it with RAWs. <laughs> yeah, with RAWs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be um, interesting to see how that evolves over time. Yeah. That's I mean, right. that'd be a, a marvellous feature, quite frankly. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it would be awesome. But who shoots raw at a wedding? That's another topic. Well, I, 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 well I, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do raw and JPEG or just raw? I, I just raw. Just raw, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just do JPEG. Although I am thinking about doing raw and JPEGs. I am I'm thinking about that because then you can get like a quick, a quick edit done, but then mm. you're kind of editing things twice, so... Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So the next one that we had, this was from uh, Michael Taylor uh, out in the US, hey! uh, De Delaware <laughs> in the US. Yeah. And it said he sent um, the, uh, an email saying it was asked what feature I'd like on my Fujifilm XT4 that is presently on my iPhone. So the ability to, to to disable the operation of my camera if stolen, and perhaps a find my camera again if stolen, 
so mostly security features that that would be a good that one. is good we've got some very intelligent listeners guys um, <laughs> Do you know I, I shot a wedding going back a few years ago and it was probably i don't know 10 miles down the road so it wasn't far anyway uh i got i got back um I, i've been straight home at the end of it and i was taking the stuff out out of the back of my car and i lifted my bag up and i thought that seems very light this is my camera bag and i opened <laughs> it and voila no camera <laughs> the camera wasn't there and i panicked i thought I've, I've left it there i've left it at you know um i've left it at the wedding and uh so i phoned up the venue and luckily somebody answered and they said that they had a look um and i'd left it on the bar and left the way and left, <laughs> left the venues never happened before it's never happened since you got it back i got it back because all the guests were in in another room but it was sitting on the bar in a reception area how lucky are bar. you how yeah. lucky am i that's yeah. right yeah so wow. I, because, I find my camera feature sounds amazing so like, I, yeah I, you know i love that where you can just track it I and mean, that's and things like that have got to come in you know because i like the think, fact you could disable it as well that's a yeah. brilliant idea yeah. so no one can use it yeah um, and you think, i mean they could probably they could still nick your lens i guess but um <laughs> you think about phones and the features that have come from cameras that have been put into phones and this yeah. is about putting it back the other way you know yeah. uh Absolutely. you know taking some of that technology so yeah great i to be honest with you i'm not really giving it any thought but i think that would be that would be really useful and the whole airdrop thing would be great they're the they're the things that that would be really good. What if you well, could, yeah, if you yeah. combined the two, so if yeah. your camera was stolen, your pictures are already backed up on some iCloud somewhere, mm, yeah. and then you've disabled your camera from the person who's stolen it. So yeah. you, you you've only lost the the main body, but you've kept all your work. Mm. Yeah, and then you'll you know, see this this will this will progress though. You know that Leica 007 that Cam likes. Yeah. Okay, so Cam has this thing about really ridiculously expensive cameras. Um, <laughs> maybe the maybe the 007 Leica. one. But yeah. like it came out with this 007 one, maybe it'll have a self-destruct, you know? So <laughs> someone yeah, hits it, it's yeah, that's right, yeah. As long as your images are safe and they're well, downloaded yeah. on the cloud. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you could take that tech, you can take that technology wherever, you know, is it right with iPhones or some phones? Is it true? Is it right that you can actually tap them together or something and they transfer data over? Or you could do that, couldn't you? With an iPhone. Uh, you, remember you could do that before. I don't know if you still do it. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, you can this- do, it was more like links and stuff, but yeah. So wouldn't it be great, you know, you're at a graduation ceremony, shooting all the pictures, and what I do is I take a, uh, a small portable drive, and what I want, to do, I want to download the pictures, and I just tap it to um, the photographer's camera, and it downloads the images. Nothing connected, just a tap on the camera, and it automatically downloads everything that's shot. Well, iPhones do that with um, charging now. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I've... I've got this thing here. You just you don't. I don't even plug my phone in to charge. I just put it on this uh, thing, pad, and it just yeah. charge. It just charges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So te- technology can go anywhere, can't it? Really. So, um, but yeah. Thanks for thanks for sending those. Um, th- yeah. Those responses keep, in. Keep them coming as well, guys, because uh, yeah, I think th- this thing could roll, and I like it. I like the ideas. It's good. Yeah, that'd be really good. Okay, guys. What next? What have you got? So, leading on from smartphones. I would say, are we taking too many photos, snaps on our smartphones and doing nothing with them? And what's going to happen to those albums of photos in, say, worst case scenario when you're not around anymore? Can you leave them to somebody? Does somebody want to go through thousands of your selfies? And, and, you know, potentially there's baby photos and stuff. So do we need to start actioning a plan of what we do with our smartphone photos to, to back them up, keep them safe? because they're your memories and nobody's making photo albums anymore. Yeah. It's an interesting one because our, our, our habits have changed. I mean, my, my folks, they've got a shed load of albums, but obviously since smartphones became a thing that they, they don't really do. In fact, my dad has gotten rid of all of his negatives, which I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know. I know. Cause he, he, uh-huh. he, he had boxes and boxes and boxes of them. Obviously they were just, taking up room he said so he so said we got rid and I was like oh wow um, funny, my uncle actually has all his old negatives and he started digitalizing them mm, yeah he's scanning them in and turning them into digital photo but now they're just sitting on a hard drive somewhere. on a hard drive so it's the same issue isn't it yeah um but um yeah it's, it's an interesting one I, I mean I remember um years ago I think Bruce Willis took Apple to court or something regarding something similar. He wanted to keep the rights to the, the, the music that he downloaded through iTunes. 
and pass them on to his kids when he died. And Apple were, at the time, Apple were like, well, no, you, you can't do that. Right. Um, I, I can't remember what the uh, how, how that came out, but it's a similar thing. We have all basically our lives on our phones, don't we? Exactly that, yeah. I mean, they are uh, backed up to the cloud, but yeah, it's, I mean, I know it sounds terrible, but who's going to be, who is going to take the time to look at thousands of photos when someone's passed on? But I have photos uh, of my children when they were newborn. And they're just sitting on my phone or on my computer. And, you know, what happens to those? You yeah. know, does somebody want a copy of those? Do we need to consider products that where we can share them with family instantly, digital photo albums, digital photo frames, that kind of thing as gifts, and start sharing these images around or, or organising our photos on our phones rather than, you know, how many screenshots have you got? Uh web pages and things like that nobody wants to go through that so do we need to start organizing yeah. our lives a little bit better and stop taking so many junk photos i guess i mean oh. whatsapp's a shocker isn't it if you're in any whatsapp groups and someone loads up a video you instantly get that video even if you want didn't oh, want i've to changed my settings in. i don't let it save to my album yeah but then you can't see them is that oh, i don't want to keep someone else's video no no neither <laughs> do i i tend to delete them especially especially some of the ones that I get sent um but you know some joke ones or whatever but viewing um, habits are different as well aren't they or they will be I mean the generations are going to think you know well we're not used to looking at albums you know um, it's funny so... my children we have the apple tv connected to our television downstairs and all my albums and photos are connected to that apple tv through my phone and my other apple devices and there's so many times i find my children going through the albums rather than watching any cartoon TV program. Mm. They love looking back at photos of themselves. And I've been thinking so much how I should create an album that is of potentially each individual, one of them with their sort of timeline of photography. I, I think I need to take it back to albums and have that physical book there. And I don't know, put it in your downstairs loo for when somebody wants to spend a bit of time looking at something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I understand. That I do wonder, it's just a question regarding that. Would your kids be as interested if it was a book and not on a screen? I personally think so, yes. My children yeah. are very fortunate that they do love books. They love flicking through pages. And cool. I think if there was text with that as well to say how old they were or what they weighed or, you know, little bits of information. At the age they are now, they are still quite young. They are interested in those elements. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's I, cool. I think it's a fair point that perhaps it's because they've got control with the remote to flick through the photos. Mm. It's done in like nice little transition with a little bit of twinkly music in the background that perhaps that is the selling feature. I just wonder because we have, I mean, it's just, we're kind of like a screen generation now, um, yeah. which is which is, which is is a shame, I think, because we're always on the screens and, and kids growing up these days, I mean, I didn't have all these screens when I was a kid. So I don't think Cam. I don't think any of it. But but now kids, it's, and it's and it's the norm. So I wonder if I, I was yeah. So I just wondered if if it was in an album, would kids generally be as interested if it's not on a big? I don't know. I don't know what size the telly is, but but there is a slightly there is a generation that's coming in where they're trying to step a little bit away from technology so much now they're going back to phones that literally make a phone call send a text message without all the applications is there going to reach a point where we start sort of going back into traditional ways and stepping away from technology a little bit more not everybody but is there going to be a group of people that that want to do that i don't think there will be but not enough for it to have any big any real major effect um, because I think technology is only going to move forward new ideas are going to be implemented um, to be able to view image to view images maybe differently and I don't know what the answer to that is but I'm not talking about printed um, some something will come up like you know now I think Facebook they you know you, they do their albums people get memories come through on their facebook you can download page. those albums from facebook now can you right okay yeah, so say if you've lost your photos for whatever right. reason yeah you are able to to download the album because i i know my partner's done it he wanted to remove facebook completely but he didn't want to yeah. lose his photos from there yeah. so he downloaded those albums the quality is terrible if you want to view it on a screen no problem yeah. printing definitely not yeah he's then he's still been able to maintain those photos 
yeah but that's but the thing is is that's but that's going to be how people are going to view them so they're not going to be thinking about quality it's only the quality of how they're going to see it on their phone and they're fine for that and i think that's what will happen it would just be digital albums that's and i think that's what it'll be people uh, there might be somebody who comes in and says well facebook are doing it where you know where they, they catalog each, each of your albums so i think it's being done i think it will only move forward we might think that's quite sad but the printed wedding the, the printed album i'm not talking about a wedding album here i'm just talking about printed albums of family mementos and that type of thing family history i think will eventually will will die out eventually um you know yeah. and our company's going to actually be uh, you know are there going to be any companies that are going to be producing them on 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 mass you know they won't be i remember going into john lewis years ago and they used to have a row of of photo albums and, and you know what they might still do but it goes to show that i don't know because i've not actually gone to have a look do i need a photo album i participated in a, a survey recently and it was basically asking about photography and where it was five years ago in comparison to print and digitals where it is now and where you think it'll be in the next mm. five years and the percentage of you know digital five years ago digital now to digital in five years and genuinely answering it that I think digital in five years time is going to be almost at about 100%. You'll still get a few that want a print, but it's going to be all the way over there. That's the it's, only way people want to see it. It is strange because, I mean, with my family portraiture, um, you know, I do sell USBs, but the question is, you know, can you, you print, can you, can you print from them? And you can, I mean, I mean, generally it's made for digital it's made for digital screens, but you can print small images off them, and and they're, they're, they all there is that concern about oh, but how big can you print? You know, I mean, they never do end up printing them. They always say, oh yeah, still in the drawer. But yeah. the question when when they're buying them, they, they still have this idea in their head that they're going to print them out because they think they can print them cheaper. But and then, but they well, well, maybe, anything with maybe, them, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But. And when Mum asks for a copy, they'll just send it to her on WhatsApp, and that's and you know what. Mum might say, oh, I'd really like a print of that. And she might get one, but the chances are she probably won't. You know, um, yeah. if she's got previous ones up on the wall of other children, then yes, you'll get one printed. But if it's a one-off, she'll perhaps just say, no, it's fine. I've got it on my phone, so I can carry it around with me wherever I can go and I can look at it whenever I want to. I have That's... to say, I'm one of these terrible people. As much as I love photography and I love imagery, I don't have photos up in my house. No. Any. No, not a single one, not a single family photo. It is not my thing. No, and it's not. <laughs> no, I tell a lie. I have in the downstairs loo, I've got like a, a photo wall of sort of as our house renovation happened, but that's it. I I find it really weird having someone's face on my wall. <laughs> we've got we've got a little area where photos are displayed, like old family photos, because my my wife was tracing back, she's been doing this for years, her family tree. So she's sort of discovered some really old photos so we've got ones like of my late father and like grandparents and we've got this little, di little display of all the family photos and I do stop and look at them well that's uh, it how amazing are those how much yeah. do you appreciate those yeah yeah and you know that's going to stop surely yeah. and if somebody took yeah. those away if someone said I'm, I'm going to put these photos away I'd be thinking no 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 you can't do that they they have to stay there right we're going to move them somewhere else but you're not going to you're not, you know, and I, did I mention this on the pod recently? But we're talking about sort of keep those keepsake things. But over Christmas, I put in this huge frame, and I'll show you, and I'll see you tomorrow, Mark. Yeah, is loads of old gig tickets that I went to over the years. Yeah, I kept loads, yeah. and I put them all into a big frame, and and I've got loads, and I've got loads that I never kept either. Yeah. Um. But now, what do you get? You get a QR code. Right, you don't get a yeah. ticket for a gig anymore. Okay, you print it off. You're not going to put that. You're not going to put that into a frame. So I've got yeah, these amazing the tickets and gigs that I've been mm. to, stadiums, arenas, clubs, all sorts of things. You know, and uh, and that brings back incredible memories. Um, yeah. well, it's a similar sort of thing. I mean, I think what what was quite interesting was that I mean, Sarah, you said you didn't like having family portraits up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then Cam said, "Oh yeah, but we found these really old photos and they're up." And you said, "Oh yeah, but they're really nice." Well, the they thing are. is that the, the pictures that you put up today of your family today in sixty years' time or whatever will be the same type of photo that of of Cam's dad. Do you know what I mean? It, it's the time, and then they become I still really wouldn't put those photos on my wall. I can appreciate the value of those photos. Yeah. 
would they still wouldn't yeah. go on as they still wouldn't go on no, your wall. I, I have this enough. thing in my loft. I have this special box which has got old photos, sentimental value things. I could frame them, I could hang them up and I could see mm. them every day. But for me, them sort of very old fashioned, them being stored away and coming across them every now and again sparks more memory and joy for me because I'd mm. almost forgotten all about them so that when I see them again I'm like oh I remember this yeah uh, that's fair and enough. it kind of would lose that value if I put it on my wall yeah no I get that I get that it's, it's what you get from it um but that it's still interesting because it's still the print that we're talking about there isn't it yes yeah I mean we, we don't get that from I mean you know I get these I mean I don't post anything photography wise now on on my um personal facebook account I, i've just really gone off on posting stuff on my personal account so i just don't like doing it anymore um but you know sometimes you get a memory from eight years ago you go oh right yeah that was you know so it's a similar sort of thing i guess but at what point are we gonna have like an old iphone or any smartphone in a photo frame that you can sort of touch and go mm. through albums of photos well, you probably the, the battery will be buggered by then, so probably true. not. So true. <laughs> but you know what I mean. At what yeah. point is but that going to be? That's that's the yeah. art. And that's also another thing. There's no battery needed for a print, is there? You no. know, it's no. a physical thing that you can always look at. But it does deteriorate. Do you know? I can't it remember. Does. The yeah. 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 No, it does. You're right. And you know, I can't remember the last time I went into somebody's house or seen anywhere a digital frame on display and and being live you know actually scrolling through something that when i was looking into this it's something i would really consider for my like my children's great nan my nan Mm. perhaps a digital album that i could instantly send photos from my phone to that digital album in her home Mm. for her to then see what her grandchildren have been getting up to yeah yeah Um, Yeah. and i really am going to consider that as a gift coming up Mm. Is that a thing that's available now then? So I don't know. I'm going to have to look into it. Because if it's not, <laughs> I that's have where to we're right now then. Talking about things that uh, are coming up, um, we've got uh, some uh, Manfrotto gear, first, um, first-hand Manfrotto gear reviews that we'll be doing. And uh, Canon also, we're going to be doing some Canon product reviews. They're going to be coming up over the next uh, shows. So if you're interested in, in some of the range of products that Manfrotto do and uh, some of the Canon uh, cameras as well, uh, keep on listening because we're going to be getting our hands on some of those because uh, the, the nice people from Canon and Manfrotto are going to be sending those through to us. Uh, or the Manfrotto have already sent it through to us. We just uh, need to schedule that in and get those yes. products uh, reviewed, tested and reviewed. So we'll be doing that as well. So Seamless transition there, Cam. Well done. That was, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> well, awesome how stuff. about then go switching from sort of going from digital photos and all the photos you've got on your smartphone to your story mark yes yeah, so um it's 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 about how does a photographer uh sort of overcome price objections from their clients so um i had a story from another photographer the other day about and they're, they're in a similar way to how i how i how i do things and you know you, you, yeah a family comes in you've, you've taken a photo shown the photos and then they want to and then the idea is, is then the, the client then buys those photos after seeing them. Um, but because we work at, at you know quite a high end area, that the prices are higher than maybe Snappy Snaps would be or, or something like that. And this client was basically saying to my, my friend, um, "Well, you know, uh, your your prices are too high. We, we, we it's too high for our budget. Um, however, you've taken the photos now, so why don't you just give me to them for half price of what you want to sell them? Because otherwise, I'm just going to walk out and I'm not going to buy anything. Um, and there's nothing you can do with them. You've done the work, so you might as well give them to me for two hundred pounds rather than four hundred pounds that you want. And you know, they're, they're, they're made up prices, by the way. Um, and obviously, the photographer said, "Well, no, because that's the value of my work." You know, and I just wonder what what you guys feel about that. You know, it's 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 almost akin to going into a supermarket buying a trying to buy a Dom Perignon a bottle of champagne and go well I don't want to spend 200 quid on this I want to spend 100 pounds on it well you know otherwise I'm going to walk out without buying it at all yeah. so you might as well you've sell already it bought it into the shop yeah so you might as well it. sell it <laughs> you've already made it but you know um, I suppose the difference is you can't sell these photos to anybody else because it is mm. a personal thing whereas you can with that bottle of champagne but um yeah what, what do you guys think to that I mean how 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 do you overcome price objections 
or I think you've got to stand by your guns. You you know what your value of work is, and it has such a domino effect. And you know this word of mouth is like, well, I just questioned it. Everybody does it, even you know with uh, digital streaming services or you know your Sky TV. You go if you make a complaint, you get a little discount. So then everybody starts making a complaint, and everybody's getting a little discount. Mm. So why not just lower your prices? I think if you know that that's what your photography is worth, and you've spent a lot of time doing that, you need to stick by what your prices are. And they've already been informed what their prices are before they came for the photo shoot. Yeah, but this is what this photographer was saying. He says, well. She was saying, um, you know, basically they're, they're basically devaluing me as a photographer and me and my work. They're saying, well, you know, I, I put this price. This is what I feel that my work is worth. And they're saying I'm not worth that much. So but it's almost devaluing their work and their It's hmm, a bit rude and insulting. It, yeah. But but generally, though, I mean, that's just one example. But Cam, you know, if you have a, a, a wedding client that comes in and, um, you know, you've got your 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 prices and they go oh no I, I, i'm not paying that can you not do it for this i mean how how do you you know because you don't want to get into a row with people do you so you got to do it incredibly carefully i've got that going on at the moment with with somebody and i have i have come down on the price just a little bit and it's only because we did a previous family wedding for them and okay um, so well that's a bit different okay. you've got past clients you do that's right yeah. Them, yeah but they've not come back to me now this is an age-old thing now sarah I, I agree with what you were saying in that you have a value and you want to stick to your guns and and that's the value of your work however what if you're in a situation where you've got little or no work coming in and you think okay well i'm not i've priced up for these jobs and they've said the price is too high and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to go and do it. Find somebody else. You know, I'm worth more than that. But what if work dries up, yeah. you know, and then, and then what do you do? Then do you think, okay, well, then you start thinking, okay, well, I'm going to start bringing my prices down. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's charging, you know, 1500 pounds. Should, should I do an offer 1300 pounds or, uh, you know, 999 or something. So there's, I, I always think that, there's always that side to it as well, because sometimes you feel under pressure having to bring your prices down. Now we've priced in for three different commercial jobs this week. Um, I've not had a response back from either of them. And it is now going in my mind. Now I'm not saying they're, they're, they're not going to come back to us. They might well do, but um, so I'm thinking in the back of my mind, well, did I price it up correctly? Maybe I should have come down a little bit on it, on it, but no, that's what I think the job is worth. And who knows, they might have actually booked somebody else and they pay them, They may have ended up actually paying more. I don't know. But so I never th I don't think there is a right or a wrong answer to this other than yeah, if you put a price in for a job and you get it and you're happy with that, that's probably the best that you can hope for. But I think using a method of saying, right, I'm going to stick to my guns regardless. If you do that and you get the work, that's fine. What if you do that, but you don't get the work? Then well, what, then what do you do? I, I suggest there's other things wrong if you're not getting the work anyway. I mean, I, I think when you're dealing with family photography, I know when people come in, I have a value of my work. People pay for that, you know. And if I ever had this issue, I'd be quite confident saying, well, no, it's the value of my work. Other people pay for this. Uh, for my work so why shouldn't you you know and if it's continually happening maybe you do need to review your yeah. prices because that's yeah. where potentially the problem is um I think if it's sort of an odd customer once maybe twice a year what whatever the scenario yeah. is then it's clearly somebody who just really wants to get a really good deal or, or whether it is as simple as you could say okay I'll, I'll give you a couple of free digital copies that kind of thing I don't know yeah I mean there's always room for comparison it really depends on what on what the wriggle room is I mean I always you know if people start spending you know wanted to buy loads and loads and loads of things and of course you start doing deals and things like that you know I'm not adverse to that uh because if someone wants to end up you know they want to spend I don't know two and a half grand's worth of work on, on, on pounds on my work and I do it for 225 or something like that that's fine because that you're acknowledging that they're spending a lot of money with you anyway yeah. similar thing as to the past client situation you know if, if i had a past client i'd probably do them a bit more of a deal than, than the first client because they've already spent x with me you, you want to reward that and and retain clients and that's absolutely and that's absolutely right um but, it. it depends on what how much they're willing to spend if they after yeah. one photo and they're not happy with the price of that one photo where do you hmm. go 
Well, yeah, yeah well, that, well, that's it. I mean, but if you have a, a whole raft of people who have who have just spent loads of money on your work, then you know it's the right value. I mean, it's it's very hard pricing up your work because you don't want to be too cheap and you don't want to be too 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 expensive. You yeah. want to hit it at the right point. Um, I had a chat with a with a chap who uh, who's complaining about his wedding photographer, and uh, they said, yeah, they must have spent they must have taken about fifteen hundred pictures on the day. But we only saw 80 and uh, a lot of them were sort of out of focus and and this, that and the other. And so I then. So how much how much did you spend on your photographer? You know, how, how much did they charge? Oh, it's about three or four hundred quid. And I went, well, that's that's the problem. <laughs> you, 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 you spent you, you got someone who was really cheap. And there's a reason why that person is really cheap. Not necessarily the quality. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I think it also comes back to having prices on website. Should you put your prices on your website? Should you not put your prices on your website? I'm talking about, say, weddings here, for example. Or should you give an indication of starting a starting pricing from structure, price? Yeah, a starting pricing structure, from, I think, is good. Mm. Always making sure that clients are aware before they come in your pricing structure, um, yeah. which no, my friend I'm, said these people were, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but I think not everyone listens. So Yeah. I think what I was saying there, um, though, was that I think, like, for us, I mean, going back years ago, we used to have all our prices on the website. I used to believe, right, let's be completely transparent with it and we'll do that. Yeah. Then we tried Then we tried the other approach of saying, okay, well, let's take the prices off the website um, and let's see if it increases the inquiries because if somebody comes in and they're interested, they'll say, could we have your package prices, please? And then, yeah. but, but they are making that inquiry and they, they like your website enough to be able to say, right, I want to find out how much these guys charge. Also okay. gives you the chance to talk to them as well and talk 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 yeah. through the packages and things. Yeah, that's which right. I yeah, think helps. However, that's interesting, Mark, because I'm finding that fewer and fewer people now are willing to actually have a conversation with you. They'd prefer to chat via email a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, okay, so people are are avoiding that that opportunity. What what we feel is an opportunity to have a chat and explain things to them. Okay, so so I think I think the market's changing from that point of view as well. Now we took our prices off the website going back a few years ago, and we'd never even put a starting price. We've not got a starting price on our weddings website, and we are now going to put that on, um, just because I think that we should be doing that. I've always felt uncomfortable, but I went on somebody's advice, a business advisor, on take them off and see the inquiries come in. And they, and to be honest with you, I would agree that with that, we definitely have more inquiries. What about bookings, though? Uh, bookings wise um we've definitely booked some couples who initially thought we would be too expensive and if we had a price on the website they wouldn't have come to us so we definitely converted some Uh, that's that's definitely the case when it comes to commercial photography that's quite different our commercial website does give an indication of prices for products and that type of thing but generally if we get an inquiry for a commercial job coming we we price that job up based on what needs doing Mm. And but that's it's always not the same for a wedding because every bride and groom has a different style in mind or, you know, a different way in which they want things doing. So it would make sense that perhaps your your pricing structure changes according to your client. It does. We have yeah. our packages, but our packages yeah. generally suit any type of wedding, but we can do bespoke packages if we need to. But I always say my wedding packages are a base. So, you know, this is... To, you know, I've gone for, like you say, Joe Average. This is what most people like to get. But if you have anything specific that you want, or maybe you don't want something in the package, you know, we can take that out and, and you know, and adjust it. You know, so it's it's not a set, set, set sort of yeah. price. But it gives people a guidelines of where we are. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, we're actually in the process of doing that in um now actually which we are changing our prices our prices are going up and we're just about to put on the page on our website that that actually speaks about what the prices actually start from so hopefully come time sometime next week that'll be done and i'm sure this is the time of year that every photographer is doing the same thing yeah you see that you know the cost of print postage everything has all gone up so everybody's going to have to readjust their pricing yeah. exactly but i still think that people just you know everyone will say wedding photography is very expensive but when you do look i mean i look at i you know everyone should be you look at what competitors are charging what people are doing the thing is where do you base yourself because i've seen the local photographers who are charging say 300 pounds for a wedding as mark as you were saying mm. 
up to people charging their starting price is like almost two and a half thousand. I suppose it depends on the photographer's experience and you know what how long they're going to be there on the day and mm. are they staying till that first dance or later mm. and but to some couples but to some couples it's it's just literally based on price only and they don't yeah. really find out until the day and i do find that and uh you know whether I, I'll, I'll say it but i think the people that spend the least and are the ones that end up complaining the most yeah yeah i agree yeah, I mean, you get this like like you get this situation where this guy's saying we only had eighty photos out of fifteen hundred, and, and most of them weren't very good. Um, well, yeah, that's because you spent two hundred quid on your photographer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I always find it's though it's it is it is the people that spend the least where you're mm. then going to start to get issues. Uh, mm. And anything that we get, and it's very very few and far between, you do really notice that it's 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 from the lower spending couples, but the couples that that, that will but and spend a lot more or spend the money and have got those budgets you never hear anything and anything other than something positive uh from them so but it is that thing of where do you base yourself but you want to be basing yourself at a price range where you are actually getting work and you're successful in getting that work as well yeah we'd all love to double our prices whatever they are mm. but are people going to book not necessarily you know um so yeah it, it's 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 a it's question i a think difficult that's... subject matter it is, it is. but it is. you've also i mean uh you know, you've got to put the right value on, on on where you think you're at so i think i'm a I, i'm a i'm a pretty good wedding photographer i think but i think i'm my my main skill set is family photography that's what i'm really good at um so i would suggest that i'm kind of my wedding prices are kind of mid-range i'd say i'm not particularly low i'm not particularly high i'm kind of mid-range but my family photography is the higher end. But I, mean, I believe generally... I can get more out of a two-year-old than many other photographers, you know, because I, I, I've been doing it since 2005. So, um, you know, that's experience. Yeah. I mean, we generally keep our wedding prices starting from what's a mid to high, I would say, price more mid i would say but yeah. we tend to find that most people that will come in they'll they'll jump up on the base packages anyway and end up spending you know um more and going for higher packages but i do sometimes think if we didn't have that lower package price that mid-range package price would they have actually come in to yes. actually spoken to us in the first place so there's all that marketing type of and that that you know psychology involved in in selling something to somebody yeah yeah absolutely absolutely cool 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 Okay, Mike. Anything else, Sarah? Um, yeah, there's a it's a it's a big camera about, isn't there, Sarah? Oh, yes, Sarah. Yes, <laughs> there, is, there is a very big camera about. Um, so it's an article from last year in October. So it's the world's largest digital camera, which happens to have the same resolution as two hundred and sixty-six iPhones. <laughs> it is one point six five meters big, and it's three point two gigapixels. Um, what? So what? Sorry, say that again. How much gigapixels? Two gigapixels. So it's wow. massive. Um, <laughs> the purpose of it is to help provide astronomers with a better understanding of the galaxy formation and the mysteries of dark matter. But it's undergoing sort of six months of troubleshooting, so that when they sort of move it up onto the top of this mountain, uh, it's hopefully not going to have any technical problems. So we are going <laughs> to see it move soon uh and be put in position and apparently it can see a golf ball from it says 24 kilometers away so it's the equivalent <laughs> of nearly 15 miles um so it's really interesting as to what imagery we could potentially have coming back over the next few months god they'd be fuming if they had a dead pixel somewhere though wouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> Would you know, i think probably the, the technology in that is so it's so advanced that that technology will probably filter down to professional and consumer cameras at the end of the day that's what happened you yeah. know uh, a lot of stuff goes out into space does doesn't it to be tested and and then is introduced here i know laser eye surgery was i think contact lenses were as well i think something like yeah. that there's all sorts of things everyday things velcro but, is a big one uh, wasn't it velcro was one. velcro was, was a wow. i think i think i think it was an, right. either an invention for nasa or nasa invented velcro 
Uh, I, I can't remember the ins and outs, right, but yeah, okay. that was a space thing. But there's and, something there that's yeah. right. Yeah. So space technology uh, really does affect our lives, and I'm sure that that some of the some of the things in this camera will, will eventually filter down. They have to, you know. Um, well, it's on it's on the New Scientist website, and the picture of it is phenomenal. So if anybody wants to go and check it out, it's just really fascinating, interesting. I have a huge interest in sort of the space and how I have no understanding of it whatsoever. Um, oh. <laughs> we'll put a link on. We'll put a link on the uh, yeah. on this episode. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll do that um, about that. And uh, yeah, well, I've got a silly little story as well, just to. As, 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 this is the Anne Finally stage, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're sending um, it on a light note. On yeah. Fun. yeah. So, uh... I think Mark, you mentioned this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. I think it's basically it's, um, it's a bear having selfies. Exactly. Uh, a wildlife photographer who managed to set up these infrared cameras, and out of nearly six hundred photos, about four hundred of them were of this one bear um so quite comical it's it's worth looking at if you just want something light-hearted and fun i saw it on bbc news and uh uh so for those of you that think how did the, the bear take all these photos it was the flash that was going off but um it's it's crazy because i saw a handful of the pictures and it definitely looks like the bear was obviously aware of something it's it's flash going off. It's sticking his tongue out he's got a lovely little head angle going on yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, and uh, um, but uh, have a look. It was it was funny. As I said, it made it made BBC News as well. So it was a uh, it was one of those funny little stories, which is great. So yeah, um, good stuff. So it's nice nice to end on a light hearted one. It there. is. That's right. Um, right, guys. I think we're done for another episode. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Mark. I will. Uh, we will see you all um, in the next show. Remember to keep liking, sharing, sending any questions or any comments. That'd be really good for me hear from you. Remember the listeners, you are the lifeblood of the show and um, keep on listening and uh, we will see you next time. Bye guys. <laughs>